Happy Friday, everybody, and welcome to another handsome and daring episode of your favorite Mad Men show, Made Man. I'm your only host. You can call me Mike because that is my name. And today, just a few minutes ago, I just watched episode six of season five of Mad Men at the Codfish Bowl. And this episode was quite the mouthful. I can't believe I just used that joke. I thought of it like 30 seconds ago. I'm a child. And there's lots of weird noises. I'm not outside. Uh, because, to be honest with you, there's like this mosquito thing going around called Triple E. And it tested positive in our town. And it tested positive near like where we live. And, and I went outside and I thought, you know what? I'm going to go inside. Because that's safer and safety first. So I'm in my basement. I'm literally set up on a freezer because I don't want to wake my wife up. So I'm downstairs. If you hear things turning on, it is because of appliances. Okay. And, and, and that's about as, you know, that's about as much as more than you even care to know. Of any buzzes you hear, they're not, they're not mosquitoes. They're just, you know, this Kenmore freezer I'm in front of. So I'm going to do things a little differently tonight. Normally, I just get right into the episode and boom. But uh, before getting into tonight's episode, I want to give two special shout outs because I got two messages from you listeners out there. I can't believe it. The first one came from Kristen Peterson. Hi, Kristen. In, I just waved. I just waved in my basement to a brick wall. There's like a wall in front of me. I just waved to Kristen. I, I, seriously, I did. That's incredible. Uh, she is in Cape Town, South Africa. Can you believe it? How freaking cool is it finding out that someone listens to this crazy little podcast uh, recording on a freezer all the way across the world like this? I don't own a globe, but I know that South Africa is in Africa, and I know that's like really far to the right if, you, if you're looking left or right on a globe or a map. It's really, really far. Um, anyway, She's watched every episode of Mad Men twice, and she commented on how uh, she's becoming quite fascinated by one character specifically, and that is Mr. Harry Crane, uh, and how he started off as someone, you know, sympathetic. Uh, when you, Way back in season one, when they showed that Kodak Carousel presentation, he, had, he was showing guilt, I think because he was like, I forget exactly what it was. Uh, it might have been because he was lusting after a woman or something like that. But, uh, you know, and then later on, he becomes such a vile character, uh, openly cheating on his wife in California. And, and she characterized him as, and I quote, as being, quote, quote, such a gross character. Ooh, I love that. I love it. Uh, thank you so much for listening, Kristen. And specifically for you, happy Saturday. Now, the second awesome message I got uh, was on Facebook. On the Facebook page, it's Fans Not Experts. And when I tell you, I don't even post every episode there. I'm stupid. Um, I haven't been looking at it as much, but I saw a notification, and it was like, you have a message. And I how do I get a message on Facebook? And I went into the page, and I found it, and I got a great message from Helen O'Donohue. And I'm not exactly sure where she's from, but my the detective skills want me to say it's somewhere like in England or Ireland. Look, I'm doing terrible accents. I almost said, Helen O'Donoghue. Terrible. Ter they're not even like Irish accents. They're like accents of like my grandparents who think that, you know, born in America, but like, you know, have, have that little little bit of Irish, you know, 
twing because of their grandparents. Uh, that that was that was that terrible impression. Now I think she's from Ireland or England. I could be wrong, uh, but it's because she spells favorite with a U. And whenever I see that, I'm thinking, okay, that's like that's like English, right? That's the much classier way of using that word, which I've only read about in such books like uh, Harry Potter and. Um, you know, I'm sure there are other books that exist. I, I don't know any offhand, but, you know, you know what I mean. So anyway, she went on to give a great, uh, great detail about Pete and Don. And to be honest, it's pretty long, so I'm not going to read the entire thing. But actually, uh, that's a lie. I'm going to read the entire friggin' thing. And she said I could use any of it. So guess what? I'm going to use all of it. So bear, bear with me. This is my reading comprehension. Okay, you hear me rambling sometimes. You already you already get my television comprehension. You're like, why the why the hell is he thinking that? Or he he totally missed that, or he totally got that wrong. Happens all the time. Now you're going to hear me actively reading this on my screen. Thank you, Helen. This and I'm not going to do it in an accent. I'm not going to try to do it like in in uh, in an Irish look. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Or or in English. Oh, that was really bad. You've heard my Lane uh, um, accents. They're terrible. So you know what. I'm going to read the whole thing, and uh, here we go. Hi there. I listen every week and really enjoy the show. I'm going to stop for a second just say, that's great, awesome. Mad Men is my favorite, with the U, show of all time. I could rave all about, oh, see, I've already wrong. I could rave all day about why, but the reason I'm contacting you is that I enjoyed your observations and replay of the interaction between Pete and Don last week. So this is going back to the episode where uh, Pete had Don over to the house and how he was just so excited to have him there. Um, that was me again, interjecting. Back to Helen. You mentioned the scene where Pete is excited that Don actually turned up and various others in the episode, and I wanted to delve a bit deeper and share my take. And this is her take, and it's awesome. Pete and Don, a story of unrequented love, dot, 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 and hate. Pete simultaneously loves and hates Don. It's a source of internal conflict, I think, Internal conflict, I throughout the series. I I think I typed that wrong. No, there's no I there. Oh my God, I need glasses. It's a source of internal conflict throughout the series. His hatred is rooted in jealousy and comparative inadequacy, whilst, I love that word, his love is rooted in admiration and aspiration. Don is a hero to Pete. He's a manifestation of masculinity, charm, and success, and Pete is in awe of him. We saw an indication of this in the episode where he creepily kept hold of Dick Whitman's box of memories. I remember that. He went and he went he wanted to indulge in the fantasy of Don in order to feel close to him. At times he appears to view him as a father figure from whom he desperately seeks approval and validation. He was keen to have Don visit his home to prove how well he was doing, and he hopefully have that echoed by Don. However, he was devastated when he perfectly chore- when his perfectly choreographed evening designed specifically to show his achievements was usurped, oh, another cool word, and I said it right, it was usurped by Don saving the day, looking effortlessly handsome, I'll agree, in his undershirt no less. Pete tries and fails to get people to see him the way, the way whereas Don is natural leader and a hero despite doing little to invite his attention. This is, this is awesome. I love this. Pete is an insecure and angry person. 
We learn more about this. We we <laughs> I'm not going to edit this. We learn more about the cause of his character when we meet his family and hear more about his late father. His feelings toward Don are representative representation of his own self-loathing and feelings of inadequacy. Don's qualities represent everything that Pete sees in himself, but much to his confusion that is not reflected back at him by the people in his life. He he resents this that was me not reading good. He resents this as he is one with as he is one with the family name, the education, and the status in New York City. He's riddled with insecurities and these are heightened by Don's presence. When Pete spends time in Don's company, he sees the world through Don's eyes, and it becomes impossible to deny that the, he is simply just not as handsome, charming, or talented. Can I get a what what? That was me. One could argue that a lot of what he does is compensative against the, this relentless, oh, these are a lot of big words for me, against this relentless onslaught of reminders that he is lesser men than some with the, with the you're my king scene perfectly illustrating his need to be seen in a certain way. I believe that was the scene when he was with the hooker. Um, that was me again with the Boston accent. This episode enhances the one-sided tortured nature of Pete's feeling towards Don. Pete spends a lot of time thinking about Don and this is not reciprocated. I love that. That is so true. Not only is there no mutual admiration or disdain, there's something worse. Indifference. Pete's proclamation that Don has everything is not quite what he means. He's, he's saying that he is everything. Everything Pete feels he deserves and wants to be. How effing awesome is that? Thank you very much, Helen. Awesome. And now... We're going to start talking about the, I mean, this was great. Thank you so much. Um, you can email me, maidman at fans.experts.com, um, or you can go to the Facebook page, fans.experts, and, and leave awesome messages, messages like this, and I'm going to read them. I'm going to read them terribly, but I'm going to read them. Thank you so much for listening, and before we go on with this, tonight's episode, here's a quick word from this episode's sponsor. Okay, look at that. I mean, we are we are already over 10 minutes in, and we haven't even started talking about tonight's episode. Isn't this great? Isn't this exciting? So let's go. At the Codfish Ball, this episode, and I'm, I'm like, okay, we're, memory. This episode opens up with, like, guys playing hockey, floor hockey, in, in a in looks like a dorm. And we see, uh, what's his name? You know, I, I can never remember these kids' names. He was the creepy kid. Who Betty gave his hair to. Then Sally wanted to. Uh, he was the neighborhood boy of the divorcee. I want to say Ron, but it's not him. Uh, the neighborhood. Um, he was the son of the divorcee. Then Sally would hang out with him and drink cokes. And then he would sell Christmas trees. And then he wrecked the old uh, Draper home, but didn't touch Sally's room because how much he likes her. Glenn. It's Glenn. And. Um, so Glenn, Glenn got old. I thought is Glenn in college, but it looks like he is at a, some sort of summer camp. And um, Sally is uh, talking to him on the phone, but not like boyfriend girlfriend, just friends, which is kind of cool. Uh, you know, he's he's pining over a girl that dumped him, and she's like, "You still thinking about him? Still thinking about her?" And you know, people are like, "Who are you talking to?" And he's like, "I'm talking to your mother." Um, so it's real, like just. Just immature talk between the two of them, uh, but uh, Sally was talking about how her dad, her mom, and Harry Henry were out of town. Good because I don't want to see their faces. 
uh, and Henry's mother's there. I, I forget what he called her. The, the, they were just like the blimp or some, some derogatory comment. Um, but see, this isn't the age of cell phones. This isn't even the age of cordless phones. This is the age of if you want to talk on your phone and you want some privacy, you're going to need a long wire to take that phone into your room. And that's what uh, Sally did. She took that long wire, and what did it do? Ended up that old lady tripped over it. And, of course, she's like, oh, oh, my ankle. And Sally's like, third Bobby, you're the one that we don't quite know yet. Go, go, get help. Um, call, um, get water or something, and I'll call the police. So Sally is basically, like, um, taking charge of this woman, you know, that we really don't like. She was kind of, a, she, she got a little friendly with, um, with Sally the last time she babysat, but she also had a knife with her because she was afraid that people might come and kill her. Um, so we cut over from there to uh, Don and some old dude speaking French, and right away I'm like, oh, that's got to be Megan's dad. And it's Megan's parents are visiting Don and um, Megan. And right away the dad is kind of a dick. Like he's very much, I guess he's a socialist, Marxist, very much into like, you know, this This is too much wealth. This is, what is this? I am not going to talk with a French accent. I'm, I just did. I promise you no accents and here I go. This is very bad. And it's not even a good accent. I don't even know what it is. This is like the guy from Cheer. Now all of a sudden I'm, I'm like middle, I'm like, um, you know, from middle America. I don't know what happened. I can't stick the landing with accents. So, but he's like, you know, they're speaking French. Uh, and he's making little comments under his breath, and they're about to have, uh, you know, they're hanging out and having some drinks and having some cigarettes because that's what people do. They smoke and they drink. That is 90% of what people do in Mad Men. Smoke and drink. And it really makes me want to take up cigarettes. I just wish they were good for you because it's so exciting. Kids don't smoke. Um, the mother, the dad is very much like not impressed by things. The mother... Is very much like, ooh, ooh. You know, she's like, oh, don't repair. You are a very sexy man. And um, the thing is, is that, you know, the, the dad, it's, it's almost like you could see the disdain between the two of them. Like, they don't even like being near each other. And he kind of calls out, oh, I'm not good enough. Like, he says these things, like, and he says it in French right in front of her, basically really, uh, em- really aba- embarrassing for Megan. And Don could see that they don't, they don't, you know, uh, they're too crazy about him, or at least that's the idea that he got. Um, and they're, they're going to sit down and have dinner, and then Megan gets a call that it's Sally. Everything's fine, but dun dun dun, Don had to go pick up Sally and Bobby and bring them back to the house. They're they're going to stay with her. They're going to stay with Dad for a while because the old lady broke her ankle. Tripping over uh, one of Jean's toys. That's a lie. Sally lied. Not Sally Ride, the uh, the astronaut. Sally lied, the daughter of Don Draper. But you know what? By the end of this episode, um, I just feel bad for Sally. So, um, where were we? Talking about Mad Men. Um, so Sally and Bobby are there, and, you know, the... Um, the dad is like, oh, hello there. And, oh, you, and Bobby's asking him, are you a doctor? Do you do a lot of shots? He's like, I'm not one of those doctors. I am a, um, a professor. And Don says something that I thought was a little passive-aggressive. He's like, when people get a certain a level of degrees, they call them a doctor. It's from the Middle Ages. And the, the dad look, 
the her father and I looked at him like, you know, what are you saying? But he was like, yes, that is true. Um, and the reason they're there is to send, spend time with Megan, but also because Dawn is getting uh, an award. Now, the details of this award, I have to be honest with you, I lost a little track. Um, I want to say that it was from the Cancer Society uh, because of the letter he wrote. So I'm going to say that. Um, they were given an award because of the work he was doing. Now, while he's getting this award, he wants to smoke a drink. And I think they were smoking at the award ceremony. Um, but that's what this had to be, right? Yes, we'll stick with that. Now, while this is going on with Don, um, we have other stories. And I'm going to go to the other stories. I like sometimes I like to stick with one story. But let's go over to young Peggy Olson. She's hanging out with her boyfriend and um, with Stan and with Ginsburg. This is the new crew, and they're just kind of hanging out, shooting the shit. They're giving Peggy a hard time, saying pretty sexist things, but Peggy saw it as, you know, just guys busting each other's balls, and she's just one of the gang um, hanging out. And the boyfriend's like, you know, sitting there taking it all, and he's like, uh, he couldn't get a word in edgewise, and he's like, all right, I got to go. I got to leave. Calls her later and says, um, we got to have dinner uh, on Thursday. She's like, I, I can't during the week. He goes, it's very important. Uh, I can't wait. She's like, oh, okay. She goes in and sees, um, you know, she's nervous, and she goes in to talk to Joan and talks about how she thinks maybe he's going to break up with her. You know, they don't, it's like you, they're not really close, Joan and Peggy, but she, Peggy seems to go to her for advice, and Joan will give it, and there's not like a warmth between them, but there is some sort of mutual, mutual respect. Um, and Joan was just like, you know, a lot of the times when someone wants to rush to uh, take you out someplace, they usually have something important to say, like uh, perhaps a proposal. And she was like, what? No, what? No, he, who, ha. And Peggy was all like, um, you know, should I, should I go, should I go get changed? And, and Joan's like, maybe you should go shopping. And that was, to me, that was a little dig. Like you probably don't, you, you don't look good enough in what you're wearing and you probably don't own anything good enough. So go shopping. And she ends up going out to dinner and just this, Peggy Olson that I don't think I've ever seen when she's like, hello, hi. Ooh, she was all like, like not fake, but just like overly giddy because she thought she was going to get proposed to. And she um, was actually really excited about this. Now, she um, goes to the dinner, sits down with him, and he, you know, I'm thinking there's no way it's going to be a proposal. This is a TV show. There's got to be a twist. He's not going to dump her. So what does he do? He does not quite propose. Oh, excuse me. But he does the next best thing, and that is ask her to move in. And you could see the, there was a little bit of disappointment in her eyes. She did a great job of showing a little bit of disappointment, but still, like, he said the right things. Up. I want to wake up in the morning with you. I want to go grocery shopping with you. Little things like, I want to eat dinner with you. I want to be with you. And that seemed to really... Um, invigorate her I don't know if that's the right word uh, and she was like yes he goes do you mean it and then she said I do and it was just the way she said I do that it was almost like you could see that was a way of like um, kind of representing what she really wanted and she really wanted to be some for someone to ask her to marry her so excuse me we're going to fast forward uh, later on in the episode she goes in and tells Joan that she is uh, moving in. And Joan's like, oh, excuse me. 
John's like, um, oh, that's that's still great. And he's, he's like, it is, right? Isn't it? I don't need a piece of paper. He goes, look. John says, look. Um, Greg has a piece of paper with the army that he cares more about his pe- the, the piece of paper he has with me. Oh, sick burn. I hate you, Greg. And Peggy's like, oh, I'm sorry. She goes, listen, this is very romantic, and it's a good thing. I'm happy for you. And they give a little hug, and then let's celebrate. Why are they going to celebrate? Well, they're not going to get there yet. But it has to do with Megan. And Peggy and Megan, you know what? That, I'll save that till later because it's not quite in with the rest of the conversation. You know what? It is in with the rest of the conversation. So there is a, um, I'm going to jump back. <laughs> jump back and talk about, uh, well, while the kids were there, you know, Don and Megan still had work to do. And the next day, Don, Megan comes into Don's office and you can see he's reading a book about wanting to learn French. I don't know if he wants to communicate with them more or just wants to know what the hell they're talking about. Um, but she says, listen, I have an idea and um, it could be a great idea or it could be a terrible idea. And it was when we were doing the spaghetti and my mother said how she used to give me spaghetti. And I realized her mother used to give her spaghetti and her mother used to give her spaghetti. And it was timeless. And I was thinking, like, what if, you know, Don's like, that's, you know, I thought that'd be a great idea, you know. He's like, yeah, but we don't have we don't have a spaghetti. She goes, no, but for Heinz, for the baked beans, you know, like the Heinz baked beans, you know, um, I forget was, you know, I I forget the tagline. It wasn't they're timeless. It was like they're always, you know, something's never changed. I think it was um, something like that. But it was like how they're showing a caveman and and a cave woman and a cave child and then the Middle Ages and then like the uh, the the Renaissance or the um, the, uh, old Greece and then the 20s and then the, you know, up to now. And then the future, and you're, they're on a moon colony, and every it doesn't matter what generation it is, the mother's always giving the child Heinz baked beans. So um, Don's like, this is great. You know, let's go tell uh, everybody what's going on. Uh, they tell them, and instead of them thinking it's a shit idea, they couldn't, like, Stan and uh, Ginsburg were like, it's better than anything we had, and you, there's no way she came up with it herself. And Peggy was like, oh, good for her. And um, later on in the episode, Megan and Don go out to dinner with uh, Ken and Ken's wife and the Heinz Baked Bean guy and his wife. And they're talking and they're, um, you know, not really talking business, but they're kind of, you know, they're ready for the big meeting tomorrow. So they brought him out for dinner first. And then Ken's like, uh, oh, um, the guy's like, you know, we got to I should head home early because we have to get up early tomorrow for the meeting and then we're heading home. And Ken's like, oh, I thought maybe you could stay in town and see the show. And they, he names the show. And the Heinz guy is like, oh, I, oh, we already saw that. He's like, oh, you did? He goes, yeah, we, we came in early. And they're like, oh. And that, that kind of got the hair uh, raised on Don's neck. And the woman was like, uh, the mother, the wife was like, um, I need to go to the bathroom. And she gets up and leaves. And all the women get up and leave, leaving the guys there. And the woman basically tells Megan, she goes, you know, um, I think you're a really nice person. Uh, I didn't want it to be like this. Megan's like, what are you talking about? She goes, I, you know, I didn't want to like you, but you're so nice and you're so good for Don. And, you know, it's it's just the business. That's the way it is. I, I'm really sorry. And Megan's like, oh. And she goes back and gives Don a little kiss, whispers right in his ears, we're getting fired. And Don is about to go off. He is like, you know, let's get something to drink. 
oh, let's get dessert or something. And the guy's like, no, no, we should be heading home. Don's like, no, no, let's get let's get a bottle and six cups of something. Now, um, uh, Ken has no idea what's going on. And Megan thinks Don's about to erupt. And Don was about to erupt. And then Megan does something brilliant. She calms Don down and says, and gets him to say the pitch right there. Like, look, we have a great idea. And this is what you're going to do. And Don goes through the whole pitch right there. Ken's like, well, don't you want to wait? Don't you want to wait to do this? And he goes, no, I don't. And the guy, you could see the look on the guy's face like, that is amazing. And that's, that's, I wanted the future. That's what I wanted. And he goes, well, that's what you're going to get tomorrow. And then the, they look at him and he's like, and then Ken goes, well, why don't we, instead of getting this drink, why don't we get champagne? And the guy's like, yeah, why don't we get champagne? They saved the Heinz account. Megan did it. Don was um, so excited that when he got in the car, he uh, was super horned up and wanted to go home and make sex with Megan right away. But everyone's there at the house. Two kids, Megan's parents. So instead, they go to the office. They go to the office to to get some sex work done. I can't believe I just said that. So they um, we cut to the next day. That's when Peggy was talking to Joan. Everyone's excited, um, and Peggy runs into to Megan. And that's when Peggy says, "You know, congratulations." Gives a hug, and this was great. This is a win for you. And she's like, "I don't know. You know, um, you know, I don't want to take." all the credit she goes well you should you should take you should definitely take the credit uh this is as good as this job gets it's a win for you you know i remember how hard it was for me to break through through it feels like a win for me too the reason i brought this up now is because i feel like peggy was in a very good mood because she's moving in with the boyfriend things are progressing joan really made her feel that it was special and now seeing another woman progress she's like i should be jealous but she wasn't she was excited she was happy she felt like it was a win for her now everything was going great for peggy now I'm going to jump back to Peggy and uh, her and her boyfriend, uh, I want to say Abe because that's his name, um, were uh, having a nice dinner. They lo- and they look like the perfect little home. Like she's, she's bringing out the big casserole dish or the big pot and she's wearing the apron and he's dressed up and everyone's nice. And who, there's a third plate. And who are they having for dinner? Oh, it's Peggy's mom. <sighs> you know, there's a lot of issues with moms on this show. Um, and Peggy's mom is, well, she's been through a lot. She's lost her husband. She's, um, seen her daughter have to give a child away, Uh, but she's also kind of a wretched person. She had dinner with them and everything was nice. And then they dropped the, uh, she brought a cake for dessert and then they, she dropped the bomb. Peggy said, I want to let you know that we are going to be moving in together. And she's like, huh? She's going to be moving in together. And, um, we are going, you know, Glenn's like, I, I mean, Abe is like, I'm going to take good care of her. And she goes, I think I want to leave. And I want to take my cake. I'm not giving dessert for someone who's, who's to celebrate you living in sin. Now, living in sin, for those of you who aren't aware, that is what it's called when a man and a woman moved in together who aren't married. Uh, I know this because I was not allowed to do this. So my wife and I got engaged in the 90s. Uh, back when we were in college, got engaged early because I wanted her to have that ring and wear it our senior year of college. And then uh, a couple of years later, we bought a house. Almost a couple of years later, we were engaged for a while uh, because we were young. And we bought a house. And guess what? She couldn't live in the house with me. Her parents did not want her living in the house until we were married. So I lived in the, I lived in this house alone. And 
uh, I never lived anywhere besides home with my parents and in a college dorm. And uh, it's not fun living alone. I would have much rather lived in sin. That wasn't like our parents were like some crazy, like, this is terrible or anything like that. I mean, you know, I think, you know, uh, I, I'm pretty sure she spent the night a couple times. Uh, don't worry, Mr. And Mrs. Uh, my wife's last name, uh, maiden name. Nothing happened. It was a good boy. Um, but it just hearing that reminds me of that and how we didn't, quote unquote, live in sin. Um, anyway, the mother uh, was a real jerk. And Abe was like, I'm going to go call you a cab. He wanted to leave them alone. And Peggy was like, what is it? You don't want me to live with the Jew? So obviously her mother has a problem or she thinks her mother has a problem that the guy is not Catholic or Christian uh, or that he is just Jewish. And that's the problem. And she didn't say that. But she says, no, I don't want you living like this. And she goes, daddy would have wanted me to be happy. He goes, when your father died, uh, it, you know, it was very hard for me and blah, 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 blah. Um, but she's, she didn't bring up the kid, uh, the baby that she had with Pete. But um, she did say, you know... Um, that your father would be upset with you too. She goes, what do you want? He goes, this guy's just going to use you and use you until he finds someone and then he wants to get married then have a family and go off with someone else. And that's what he'll do. It was a real jerky thing. Like, not only is she insulting uh, Abe, saying this guy's an asshole and he's going to leave you, but he's also ins she's also insulting her own daughter where she's saying, you're not good enough for him. He does not want to marry you. That's because you're not good enough. He wants to probably get married, just not to you. So it was a real shitty thing to say. And then she said, you know, Peggy was like, do you want me to be alone? She said, your aunt. You know what your aunt said about being lonely? Get a cat. 13 years later, get another cat. 13 years later, get another cat. And then you're done. So basically, it's been the last 40 years of your life uh, just with three cats. And that'll take care of things. That is like spinster, old yarn, old spinster, yarn, whatever, women. That is old timey. And this is the 60s. So... You know, and believe me, the 90s, look, I was in the 90s, and um, I just didn't want to hear it. It wasn't like we fought for it or anything. Um, but, you know, this is the 60s. Things are still very much, you know, changing, sexual awakening and all that, all that stuff, I think. Um, so it was just a real garbage thing to say. And Peggy was, you know, she wanted her mom's respect. She didn't want to lie to her. The mother's like, why don't you lie like everyone else? She's like, I didn't want to lie to you. I wanted to show you, and I wanted to be respectful. And um, it just didn't work. It backfired. But you know what? Screw Peggy's mom. Screw you, Mrs. Olson. Peggy, live, stay with Abe. He seems like a good fella, and he seems earnest, and he seems like he really cares for you. So I hope it works out. Um, not sure it will, but I hope, it, I hope it does. Hope it does. So I think that's the end of Peggy's episode. Um, now, after the big win... Um, they go back to uh, the house and Don wakes up the next day, wakes up one day and there's um, the uh, Megan's dad. Now he was also in town to get uh, to see a publisher for a book and he's just kind of sitting there. I think he's reading or writing. He was in a book and He's like, I have Bubby here filling my fountain pen. There's ink and crap everywhere. He's filling a fountain pen. And all the women are gone. They went out shopping. They pop in. It's Megan, Megan's mom, and Sally. And they've got all kinds of boxes. And she's like, why don't you ask him? Sally goes, Pepe. He's like, Pepe, I bought a dress. Can I come to your award ceremony? He's like, yes, you can. Um, or something like that. But he basically said, yes, you can. And, um, you know, earlier in the episode... Um, 
they were talking about Megan was talking to Don about her parents and how you know they they always fight and she she fights the mother fights for attention from Megan. She goes, "Did you see the way he she touched you six times last night?" He goes, "I thought she was just French. That's why she was doing it." Um, and when they got home from the uh, oh, when they got home from you know uh, Sally was going to try on the dress. Megan's mom's like every little girl should see her father have such success. I'm doing the accents, aren't I? And the father was screamed. Then you know, Megan's dad was like, "Oh, you! I'm never good enough for you. You'll not be happy until I'm dead." Says it all in French and storms off. They run off. They're all fighting and yelling. And Megan says, "You know, my dad went to see the publisher today, and the meeting was only one hour long. And he came home, and she was crying to her to her grad student, um, to this young female grad student. And my mother walked in. He's like, "Well, it was pretty jarring. He worked hard on that." She, was, she should have been crying to my mother. Oh, he's he's stepping out, or he's seeing a little too much of this grand student. Oh, remember when Mr. Holland almost did that? Um, so they were going. What's going to happen? Oh, so Sally was is now going to go to the party. Bobby's going to have a babysitter, and um, let's rewind a little more to earlier in the episode. We see uh, Roger. Roger and I want to say hello. Thought someone was here, and his wife, his ex-wife, his first ex-wife, Mona, Mona, right? And they're having kind of a cordial drink together, um, talking and just kind of you know catching up. Um, and he's like, she said, you know, when I first heard about this, I wanted you to be upset. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm annoyed that you're actually in a good mood. About Jane, and she's basically breaking the news that they're breaking up too. And um, you know, he said, you know, I'm. He tells her about the LSD and how trippy it was, and how he shows that he doesn't have all the answers. She's like, damn, maybe I should try it too. Um, and he says, you know, I also brought you here to ask you to look into these things. Excuse me, uh, to look into f- these people at Firestone because he wants to get as much detail as he can. I don't know why she's able to do it. I'm sure I missed something. Um, but she's, she was like, sure, you know what? You're still supporting all of us, so I guess I could do that for you. Uh, so it's just nice for them to have a, a couple moments together. Now, later on in the episode, Roger, we see him. He's going to Don's dinner as well, basically to glad hand and to try to um, meet as many people as possible and get as many business cards as possible. He, um, he shows up and... Um, Bobby's like, are you babysitting me? He's like, no, no, no. <laughs> and um, they're all at the apartment, and Megan's, he doesn't have his bow tie tied. He's like, I don't know how to do this, and Megan's mother helps him, and you, she could, you could see he, she was already a little flirty with Mr. Roger, and Roger was, uh, you know, he's been going for younger, younger women, but Roger was quite taken by this, uh, this French woman, and, you know, he, he, everything he says is just wonderful. He's like, uh, she goes, it looks like you were born in a bow tie. He goes, oh, I couldn't tie that one either. Just little quibs of like such confidence, whether it's false confidence or not. It's just he's always got something clever to say. And I love it. Um, so they all go to dinner. Sally comes out in this dress. It looks like, you know, little short mini skirt, go-go boots and makeup. And Megan's like, you look beautiful. And Don's like, what is this? And then Megan's father, I don't know if it was a slip of the tongue or just something really terrible. He's like, Don, sometimes every, in every father's life, the daughter must learn to spread her legs and fly. 
And she's like, wings, daddy, wings. Oh, oh. And he says, okay, lose the go-go boots, lose the makeup, or you can stay home. So she wasn't happy about it, but she ended up uh, getting to go to the party. And there was some really, they get to the party, and it, like it was, it was a lot of smiles and glad-handing. And um, you get to the, uh, um, they get the award, and once they get in there, uh, um, what's his name? Roger is really great with Sally, just like the cool uncle, almost like he's like, "You're gonna be my day tonight." And he goes, "Listen, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you business cards. You're gonna hold on to them. And when I say I gotta go talk to someone, you say go get him, Tiger." And basically, he was just like cool with her the whole night. He got her a a Shirley Temple. He goes, "I need to curb you off. Here's a Shirley Temple. You need to stop drinking." Uh, when Don was getting the award. He said, oh, they're bringing out baked Alaska. Usually they're on fire, but they ruin the speeches. She looks at Roger and says, you're ruining the speeches. And Roger, without a beat, goes, you're, you're so mean when you drink. And she just has this look on her face of smiling. And it was just, it was great. Um, and I think Megan's mom was also taken by his, his smoothness and how good he was. Um, so Don gets his award. And while they're up and everyone's smooth, smooching around, Pete comes over to meet uh, Megan's father and um, he's like, what are you doing? Oh, he goes, I work the accounts. I'm, I, I, you know, I manage the accounts. He goes, but what work do you do? This guy is very much like, I think he, you know, he's a Marxist. He's like, I think he doesn't value the type of work they do. And he doesn't value the fact that they have so much money. Um, and he says that to Megan later. But he's like, he goes, well, what do you do? He goes, I hear you're a writer. And he's like, I am. He goes, um, he goes, well, your, I, I feel like your work is underappreciated and would really do well, you know, for more people to know what you do. And he kind of puffed up his chest. He's like, thank you. And he's like, that is what I do. And it was awesome. Pete was like basically saying, that's what I do. I, I prop you up. I make you feel good. I make you want to work with us. Um, so Pete was good in this episode. And he had them, you know, off meeting people too. Um, they met Ken's father-in-law, who was the great Ray Wise. I love that actor. Uh, Later on, you know, they're having a drink, and and Don's like, oh, I should go meet that guy. And he's like, oh, don't even bother. He goes, none of them want to meet you. They'll give you the awards all you want, but not after that letter. You're, you're toxic, dude. No, he didn't say dude. Uh, but no one, they don't want to work with you now. And Don's probably like, oh, great. I got this award. I did that. I got the attention I wanted, but no one, they're afraid to work with me because they're afraid I'm toxic. Great. Now, a lot of other things happen at this party. Um, number one, Megan's dad basically called her out for saying she, she took the easy road in life marrying this man and having this opulent life that that she doesn't deserve um, she, because she didn't work for it but guess what Don did work for it so you know uh, but she's like she doesn't he doesn't want her giving up on her dreams of being an actress so and she kind of didn't dismiss that completely she she kind of looked down like you know maybe I do still have dreams of being an actress so I don't know what that means I don't know if that's going to be something in the future um, but uh, you know, he she's like, not tonight. He goes, okay, not tonight. Uh, and meanwhile, Roger is going up and seeing Megan's mother. And he's like, I'd buy you a drink, but they're all free. And it's small talking. And, uh, yeah. Then uh, we see Sally. And she is, uh, well, at one point she's eating some codfish. And it's a little gross. Um, she didn't like it so much. But she's... Uh, at one point, she's just walking around, kind of exploring. And she opens a door. And inside that door, she sees Roger Sterling. 
from behind, sitting in a chair. And on his lap is Megan's mother's head going up and down and up and also down again. Yes, that happened. And the look of holy shit in Sally's eyes was hilarious. And also like, oh, how awkward. This, you know, this guy who she knows through work, through her dad's work, who she was kind of, you know, she didn't, it wasn't like she was having a crush on him or anything, but she just saw him as this kind guy all night, you know, being fun with her. And um, she, uh, um, she just had this like, what the hell did I just see? And she just goes back to her chair and sits there with this blank look on her on her face. And then we see Megan, who's still a little depressed of what her dad said with this look on her face. And Don comes over and sits down after what Ken's father-in-law said, and he has this look on her face. And then Megan's mom comes in after, you know, blowing uh, Roger and sits down and um, kind of has this look on her face. I, I'm not even going to make the joke. Uh, and she, uh, it was just kind of this, this, this spot, like they're all sitting at this table. They're there for a celebration. Everyone's a little shook. Uh, I wanted Roger to come in at that point with a huge grin on his face. It didn't happen. Um, I think, you know, that was really the end of that party. And then we cut back to, um, Glenn getting on the phone again and it's Sally, uh, calling from, and she's whispering. He's like, why are you being so quiet? And she goes, I'm sorry to mean to call you. He goes, no, that's all right. They don't mind. He goes, they think I'm, they think I'm talking to my girlfriend. They think you're my girlfriend. I like it. She's like, I'm not your girlfriend. He's like, I know. Um, but, um, what are you doing? She goes, I was, uh, um, I'm in my father's apartment. I'm in the city. He goes, Oh, how is the city? And she just said, filthy. And that's the end of the episode. It was awesome. Now, did she say filthy or gross? I want to say she said filthy. It ruins it that I don't remember the exact word, but I'm pretty sure she said filthy. And that, my friends, is the end of the, ep- end of the episode. And I think, I want to say, I think I covered everything. Um, you know, Peggy moving in with her boyfriend and not getting uh, the blessing of her mom, which isn't a big surprise, but her mom was also a bitch about it. Um, Megan's parents not really loving Don and not Megan's dad not really liking what uh, Megan has chosen to do in life. Megan's mom not really caring because she's flirting and blowing people. Uh, Roger, you know, meeting with his old wife and, you know, getting what he got at the party, exactly what he was looking for. Um, and Sally having to walk in on that. Sorry, girl. Um, and I think that covers it. I think that covers it, my friends. So, from the basement of my house, I want to thank you for listening. I want to thank everybody out there for listening. But, specifically tonight, I want to thank... Helen and Kristen for writing. From somewhere across the world. And I want to thank you all for coming along with me on this journey. As I strive to become... Oh, you can find me on Twitter at MadeManPod. And Facebook, as I said, is Fans Not Experts. FansNotExperts.com slash MadeMan. And now, I'm about to leave you. Until next Friday, my friends... 
Thank you for coming along on this journey as I strive to become a made man. Fans not experts.